Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside Kenny Heath. Kenny, welcome to Season 2. Yes, sir. Good to see you again, buddy. Uh, you as well. Really surprised we made it to a second season. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but we did it, and uh, we're testing out some new equipment, so bear with us. It may uh, I think we're going to get it fine-tuned eventually, but good to be back. Yeah, give, uh, give us some feedback. We have our email at ctfppodcast at gmail.com, or you can message us on our Twitter, Instagram, and we have a new Facebook page as well for the Central Texas Football Podcast. So look us up on our social media platforms. Give us some feedback. See, Tell us how we sound, if, there, if there's anything we can improve on, or just, you know, your your general thoughts just let us know anything we our email and you know direct messages are always open on our social media platforms but again you hit the hit the nail on the head Kenny it's it's great to be back you know it's the fact that we're sitting here at this table talking right now means that football is just around the corner yeah and it's exciting uh, I guess the teams are on their second uh, getting ready for their second scrimmage uh, this right. week and Man, I'm ready to get uh, get going, and uh, it's always a fun time of year for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me as well. It's my favorite time of the year. Christmas has come early across the state of Texas with football starting, I guess, the really all the games start kicking off on the 24th next Thursday, which is eight days from the when we're recording this now, but the real true kickoff is next Friday night on the 25th, so really, really exciting time of the year. I think the the best, the most exciting times of the year is opening week of football season, and then when the playoffs start as well. It's just there's just these new refreshers of football coming back in the state of Texas, but don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. It is the beginning of the football season, and we got a lot to get into today Kenny yes sir you know and just doing the research uh, I thought it was a little bit easier last year but this year you know you're gonna have to uh, figure out the new names the new coaches yep Uh, a lot of the players that you've heard for the last couple of years they're gone new faces have shown up so it's fun Uh, the research is always fun I'm just ready to get started yes sir me as well and we will get started as we always do making his return his virtual return to the Central Texas football podcast this year Mr. Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas football gracious enough to answer a weekly question on a segment for our show in our second season and the first question for the 2023 season for Matt Stepp was can China Spring and Franklin three-peat and uh, uh, give give us your opinion of a few under the radar teams in the Super Centex region that might make a little more a little bit more noise than expected come playoff time. And uh, this is Matt Stepp's answer, quote, can China Spring and Franklin repeat? The short answer, yes. Will they repeat is more is much more cloudy, in my opinion. China Spring took some big graduation losses on defense and at some of the skill spots. Franklin be- brings much more back, but their district and region are brutally tough. I think Franklin, on paper, has the better shot, but it's going to be tough. I don't see a lot of off-the-grid teams in 6A, 5A, and 4A doing much come playoff time but a couple of three a's i really like are whitney and teague end quote and that is matt step again answering the question of the week and a lot of good points there uh with franklin um and uh, china spring as well the thing with china when you compare the two the thing with china spring yes they graduate a lot but look at who they bring back they bring back Cash McCollum, and they bring back their running back, Kyle Barton. Absolutely. And, you know, just China Spring is now the type of team that every year 
you know, you're going to expect them to compete for a state championship. For sure. And then you run over to Franklin, and anytime you got Jaden Jackson coming back on your <laughs> yeah, team, that's not I too bad. You got a chance. <laughs> yeah, but the, it'll be Jaden Jackson will be taking a heavier workload this season as well with the absence of uh, Bryson Washington losing to graduation. I believe he's a Baylor now, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yeah, so it, that's a huge loss for Franklin. But you know, with the type of offense that Franklin runs, it can't. And with the you know, the big hosses they always got on the offensive line. It's, it's really a plug-and-play. But when you have that system where you can do plug-and-play and just have the sheer amount of athleticism that Franklin has with players like Jane Jackson, I mean, it might not – on paper it seems like a, a huge step off, but really when you look at it, the athletes and the system as a whole, it might really not be that, it might really not be that much of a drop. No, and, and those kids have been running that same system probably since they were – started playing oh football. for sure now, i'm sure the little league uh, programs are running that offense mm. they learn it in middle school and own up so it's just uh, the culture the program type of uh, atmosphere yeah. there yeah it's that it's that system that mike hedrick the old coach there put in system there with that slot t um and then uh the new head coach mark fan and he's been there a couple years he was an assistant under coach hedrick for a very long time so he knows that system just as well in Franklin just as well as anyone so he knows what to do and he's certainly got the athletes to make up for it so some good points in there for Matt Stepp as well and some again not a lot of I, again, and we look at it, the districts that we cover and, and the Central Texas football podcast there's there's only like three big school districts that we cover. We covered three 5As and one 6A. So it really make, it, it makes sense that he doesn't see you know many of the you know the bigger schools in our region just because re there's really not that many of them in general to make a huge impact as well and you know we'll talk about it later on but the the three the two 3a teams that he mentioned in Whitney and Teague um I, I and again we'll get more de in depth on it later on but I mean I think those are two, two good picks for some teams that could really make some noise yeah and Teague's basically taking Mahia's spot because last year mm -hmm. a lot of people thought Mahia was going to be this yes. under the radar team and they did make the playoffs under coach now and uh, lost, I believe, to West in the first round. Yes. Teague was young last year. They got a lot of playmakers. I got to see them uh, once in the first round. Uh, very impressive. They, they had a lot of mistakes, but I, I, I agree. I, and I think Whitney's got a chance to do do something in the playoffs and, and Teague as well. The, these are two teams that met in the first round of the playoffs last year. And uh, Whitney won, I think it was 38-15. to 15. When, you, when you try to compare these two teams to this year and last year, they're really not that much different. They're both coming in the second year under their head coaches, uh, uh, Coach Linscombe for Teague and then Coach Haynes for, for Whitney. And they were both fairly, long, fairly young last year. I mean, they both had young starters. Whitney started a sophomore quarterback last year and Mason Seeley. So, I mean, really on paper, they're, they're not really that much different. And they're both being so young last year. And there's always that old stigma of, you know, the second year under a new coach is usually when you take the biggest leap. And, and especially that – that is especially the case when your teams are young in year one. So I think that's a great uh, a great point by by step as well. I think both teams are really primed for huge leaps, particularly Whitney, because of and uh, we'll talk about it later when we cover District uh, Seven Three Division One. But with teams like Grandview and West, teams that have kind of dominated that district for the last four or five years, both are taking heavy graduation losses. You know, but Grandview they still have that guy in Ryder Hayes at quarterback. But you know, I mean Whitney, especially in their district, is is kind of prime. You know, they're probably in a better position than they've been in a very very long time. 
to claim a district title. It's been a while since since they've like in the preseason at least been in that in the conversation. And with Teague, it's a little bit different story because they have Malakoff in their district, <laughs> and Malakoff in that district is about head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, uh, Malakoff is just, what a terrific program Coach Driscoll has over mm-hmm. there. I Man, I believe somebody told me the other day. I don't think their JV got scored on last year or didn't allow a touchdown last that year. That wouldn't surprise me at and, and all. <laughs> they're just reloading. They, they don't rebuild. You know, it's the old cliche. Those guys, year in and year out, they're going to be, you know, compete for a state championship oh yeah for sure and and they're 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 the favorites in region uh, region two this year as well so i mean and there's no surprise in that as well they're just you want to talk about a team that doesn't they reload they don't you know whatever that old adage is that they always reload they don't rebuild they reload so i mean and coach driscoll man he's got a system like you said he's got a system he's and he's always got athletes so i mean it but in the, when, in that district, it's kind of hard to see anyone. Although Teague, I think Teague is a team that could could possibly make a run if if thing li- things line up correctly to go two or three rounds deep in the playoffs. Yeah, and they're, they're longtime rivals, so there's oh, no yeah. love loss between those two dudes. No, no, no doubt. It's going to be a fun district. Both District Seven and District Eight in uh, Class Three Division One are going to be really fun to cover and keep an eye on this season. But yeah, that's a. That's the opening. We're here at the Central Texas Football Podcast. Really, really excited to start episode one here of the 2023 season. And uh, we got a great show for you today. We'll cover all 15 districts that we cover across the uh, Super Centex region. Got a couple great interviews today as well as uh, Kenny uh, sat down and talked with uh, the uh, sports director at the Waco Trib, Bryce Cherry, and then also uh, the man that covers uh, the Temple Belton region for the uh, Temple Daily Telegram, Greg Willie, as ro- as well. So a couple of great interviews coming up for you now, and we'll go ahead and jump into that first one. Earlier today, Kenny had a chance to sit down and talk with sports director of the Waco Tribune Herald, Bryce Cherry. Okay, I'm here with Bryce Cherry for the Waco Trib. Bryce, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good, Kenny. Appreciate the opportunity to come on. Always fun to talk football, especially because that means football is right around the corner. Absolutely. This is year two of the podcast. Uh, You were a big part of year one. We had you on several times, so we appreciate you as well. Uh, So first, let's talk about recruiting. You know, do you ever remember seeing, you know, two kids from right here in our backyard in, in Waco, Central Texas area, being top five recruits? And then plus an, another couple of kids kind of down in Temple, they're in that top 50. And then we also uh, have kids that probably aren't, aren't in the 100 or top 200 that's going to go somewhere and play ball. Have you seen anything like this before? Probably not. I mean, I've been around a while, uh, 25 years at the trip. Uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, I remember some years where uh, Central Texas, you know, had some really, really highly rated recruits um marcus walker jumps to mind from waco high you know he went and ended up playing at oklahoma state but he had or excuse me oklahoma but he had uh, offers from everywhere um and you know others there have been others over the years but you know particularly uh, when you're talking about like a Micah Hudson down at Lake Belton, who, you know, depending on what list you look at, could be the, you know, the highest rated recruit in Texas uh, coming out of our area. And then, you know, Kobe Black at, uh, at Conley um, is another one that's, you know, a five-star guy. 
I mean, just those two in particular uh, are, are at the top of almost every list you see, and that is a little unusual. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned the two top guys, but Lorena, Jaden Porter, uh, Kiefer Sibley, Conley, other guys that are man getting the, you know getting offers. I think uh, Porter's committed to Baylor. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it really is, and to me. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's cyclical or what, but I think what it does um, show and what it probably um, helps in terms of the Central Texas area is, you know, when when you have scouts and college coaches coming out to see these these you know top recruits, um, even after they're committed, like a guy like Jaden Porter at Lorena, who's been committed to Baylor for a while now. Um, they're they're going to continue to to keep an eye on it. You have to basically recruit people up until they sign. Um, it gives an opportunity for other guys to get to get looked at, you know, because they're coming out to see, you know, the top guy. But who knows? They might say, "Wow, you know, look at that, look at that linebacker over there," or you know, whatever. I mean, and and they realize that this area in Central Texas is a, a pretty fertile recruiting ground. I agree. Uh, so, so you're in the know. You, you've y'all already had your picture day. So you visited with a bunch of kids throughout the area. You're starting to roll out your uh, district previews. What's kind of caught your eye? What's what's something that you're really wanting to see unfold this year? Is there a certain team, a certain district? Uh, what 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 are you looking forward to? I mean, if you go, uh, so there's a, there, I mean, there's a lot I'm keeping an eye on, but. Um, I certainly think that if you look at like Midway and Waco High going into year three with their head coaches, uh, Lyndon Held at Waco High and Shane Anderson at Midway, um, I mean, I I think it's fair to label these make or break years. Um, You know, I I think you're going to have to have those teams show some progress. Um, and, you know, what exactly that means for each program might be a little bit different. I'm not sure that Waco High necessarily has to make the playoffs to show progress. I would think Nick does. Um, but those coaches, you know, I, I think you have to start showing, you know, some something in order to – I mean, that, that's just the way this job is in order to keep your job. So um, I, I think, you know, these are big years for, for uh, the Panthers and the Lions, obviously in different classifications there, you know, Midway and 6A and Waco High and 5A Division One. Um, and can they do it? I mean, I uh, – I think Midway will be a lot better because um, you have, you know, a district MVP coming in at quarterback in Ty Brown, mm-hmm. 6'4 kid. And, I mean, that was a position that they struggled at last year, quarterback. And they ended up moving uh, Junior Thornton there, um, the receiver, and he gave him a lift. But then, you know, he was just kind of uh, – on his body around and obviously, you know, suffered a season ending injury. And that was kind of, you know, the death knell to midway season. As for Waco High, um, you know, they have played a lot of freshmen and sophomores these last couple of years. And so you would think that there's some natural, you know, growth and experience that comes from that. So um, I expect they'll be better too. I mean, uh, 
so that, that's one thing I'm looking at. I mean, obviously, we're always uh, keeping an eye on the teams that, you know, have the potential to win a state championship. I feel like there's always some teams like that every year and certainly try to spring as it goes for a potential three-peat, Mart, you know, um, is, is Crawford one of those teams? I mean, we'll see. Uh, and, you know, there's probably a few more that, um, you know, I haven't mentioned. But uh, I, I think, you know, it, it we'll have somebody at Jerry World. Uh, another team, you know, just I'll, I'll be looking at is, is Abbott. It's Terry Crawford's last year. Uh, he's the, now the dean of Central Texas Coaches with Ray Biles <laughs> retiring and um, you know, so Terry Crawford, you know, they got to state last year. They they uh, had a great year in basketball. They won state baseball. So I think those kids would love to send him out uh, with a state championship victory. And uh, they've got a team that's capable of doing it. Absolutely. So this time of year, everybody's wanting to know, like, who's your sleeper pick? Who's an under-radar team? Do you see any teams this year in the area that you might surprise some people? Not not necessarily win a state championship, but, you know, go th- maybe three or four rounds deep when they're usually not making the playoffs or just going one and done. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Mejia could be one of those teams. I, I, I mean, I like uh, what Coach Knoll's doing there and – um, you know, they always have a fair amount of talent, and now uh, he's, what, entering year three now, too. So uh, I, I just feel like, you know, once you're there and you've got, you know, some things established, uh, that's, that's a, you know, good time to start, you know, kind of breaking through, making some improvements. And so uh, is a t- a, maybe a little bit of a dark horse team in that regard. Um you know, I think uh, Hillsboro's going to have a really good defense. Um, you know, they have our uh, Super Syntex Defensive Newcomer of the Year last year in, in Ezra and Emery at 192 tackles. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's just, he'll be a junior this season. So, um, and some other pretty talented guys back. So, you know, they could be a little bit of a dark horse. I mean, they're picked, I think, second or third in their district. So, I mean, a team that, you know, probably not everybody's really talking about. But those are a couple uh, just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's some uh, that if I really looked at it, I, I could maybe come up with a couple more. But it's so the, the great thing about it is, you know, once the games get here, uh, then we'll really start forming our opinions yeah. because uh, then we'll be able to see see it with our eyes on the field, and that's that's the fun part. Hey, man, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, let's do it again sometime down the road. Absolutely, Kenny. Thanks for having me. And that was Kenny's interview with the sports director of the Waco Tribune Herald, Bryce Cherry. And thanks again to Bryce for joining us as well. Again, like Kenny mentioned at the beginning of the interview, uh, Bryce joined us a couple times last season. Gracious to join us for episode one of the 2023 season. Again, a great interview by Mr. Kenny Heath. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're missing. So Curtis Quinlan, he's Mm -hmm, gone. Jack Allen's gone. Jack Allen, yep. So we may have to reach out to a few more of our local mm-hmm. uh, TV people and get them on. 
Oh yeah, for sure. You know they they do a great job covering you know our 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 local region of Texas high school football as well. But some great great points brought up by Bryce as well with like the uh, the recruiting and the players coming back. Players like Jaden Porter from Lorena and a Cash McCollum for West. You know there there's a lot of great players. We talk we we. We said it a billion times last year. The, the the amount of like crazy good players and coaches that you know just here year in and year out in the Central Texas region. But, I mean, we talk about that all the time. But especially this year, that seems to be the the case, especially for the players. Yeah, and you know, like we're not DFW, we're not Houston, the Golden Triangle. But man, there's mm-hmm. some good ball players around here. Oh, yeah. It's fun to cover. Great teams, even the small teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I love going to see a Mart play mm-hmm. or a Crawford play for sure. It, it's fun. Yeah, it, it's a great region to cover, and that's why we're we're so passionate about this region of Texas. Not just t- Texas high school football in general, but just this part of the state. It's so fun to cover with just the storied programs and the great players and coaches from around the region. It's so fun to cover. And so, with that being said, let's jump right into it. We're going to go from our smallest district classification up. Again, we cover a 15, 16 districts across this greater super. Centex region. So we will start in class 2A Division 2, District 10. And I mean, again, <laughs> we're starting kind of an odd one to start off with. I mean, you got Mart and Mart, pretty much. Kenny. Yeah. Well, you know, we were at the state championship game. Uh, were you? I was there. Yes. For Mart Albany. Yes, I was there. Mart looked like they came out and got punched in the mouth and they never really could recover. And that's, yeah. that's odd seeing a Mart team like that. Albany did a hell of a job. They, they were That Albany team was very motivated. Coach Denny Faith, he's been there for almost four decades. And he had been, in that span, he'd been to four state championship games but lost all four of yep. them. And I think this was, in, Al- for, in the case for Albany, they had a really good team. I think... Looking back at that game, there's the motivation for getting that that very elusive state championship for Coach Denny Faith. But you look at the film from that game, Albany was just bigger. They were bigger up front. They had those, those guys, Adam Hill, I think Coy Lefever, I yeah, think was the other running back. Changeable. They were interchangeable. They were, they were huge, and they moved so fast for their size. Like At the 2A Division II level, this is the lowest 11-man classification in the UIL in the state of Texas. And these 2A Division II running backs were both over 6 feet tall. Lefever was over 200 pounds. And it's just like... Mart is very speedy, and they can hit you hard. But when you got you know six two, two hundred and fifteen pounds running at you, when you're five seven, one hundred fifty pounds, I don't care who you are, it's just hard to stop. And but that was the only time that Mart really got pushed all season long, from you know for the regular season, of course, and all the way through the playoffs. It just seemed like that Mart team last year, as soon as they got hit from a team that was much bigger than them physically, and a, a team that was. At the end of the day, honestly, more motivated to win. And then they just – not that they backed down because they still hit hard every play, but I think it was just too much for them to overcome. Yeah, and that's kind of the bad news. But mm-hmm. the good news is, you know, they Mart got their district had – Yeah, they got Monty Swainer back. They got Jonah Ross back. They got a Medlock back. Another med- yeah, med- Medlock eighth. And J.D. Bell as well. Yeah, they have yeah. a lot of great players coming back. They're loaded. They got six mm-hmm. and seven on defense, and uh, they're going to probably – 
be back at the state championship game again. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, and again we're just talking di- we're just talking districts here. We don't we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but just the districts here. I mean, Mart's head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, the two through four, I have Wortham. Uh, I have excuse me, I have Dawson at number two. Then I have Wortham at number three, and Heiko at number four. I mean, War- Wortham. I mean, they have a lot to replace. They need to replace 14 lettermen. Their strength that they're returning will be up front on the offensive and defensive lines. Of course, at this 2A Division II levels, your offensive line will also be your defensive line. A lot of two-way players at this lower uh, division of 11-man football in Texas. But you look at Dawson at, at that number two spot, at least for me, they have 17 starters coming back from an eight-win playoff team. And their quarterback last year, Boatwright, was a freshman. So he's coming back for his second year under the helm. I think – you know, because he put up like video game like numbers from like the first six weeks of the season. I think he had like sixteen hundred passing yards or something like that in like the first maybe not six weeks, but like the first eight, seven or eight weeks of the season. He already had sixteen hundred passing yards or something like something crazy. Yeah. And now he's a sophomore. I think with you know, the talent that Boatwright has and with the seventeen starters coming back, you think they probably build the offense around Boatwright's ability to throw the football. Yeah, they got Hayson Easley coming back. They do have a new coach. They went yes. through Thompson and then Thompson and now <laughs> yes. they have coach uh, Brian Kelly. But they've got a lot of talent over there. They're bringing back a lot of skilled kids. Mm-hmm. I got them picked second. I got yes. Wortham third. Mm-hmm. They're going to miss that big running back that they had last year mm-hmm. and uh, I got Heiko rounding out yeah. number four. Yeah, I got I got Wortham at three and Heiko at four, but I mean I mean as far as like uh, playoff seeding goes, I wouldn't look too too far past Heiko. They were a playoff team last year, and they were returned 21 of their 22 starters from that playoff team. So I wouldn't be surprised if they overcame Wortham and then got that number three playoff spot. But again, looking at this distri- district, at the end of the day, it's March district. There's not much left to say. And so we'll move on to our next district, now into 2A Division One, District 8. As we will look, this is... Uh, the district were Crawford, Marlin, Rosebud, Lot, and Riesel. Uh, those are my top four. Who do you got, Kenny? I got Crawford, Marlin, Rosebud, Lot, Riesel. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosebud, Lot brings back a lot of skill Yes, kids. they do. Great playmakers. Uh, I just think Marlin probably is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Crawford, they're just a machine. They're going to they are gonna do what Crawford does. But Crawford does lose some players, though. They lose their quarterback, Luke Torber, and then they lose Breck Chambers as well. But, again, that is one of those you know run-first offenses that, is, that, especially at the two-way level, is kind of a plug-and-play sort of situation. But, I mean, they got Brady Ward returning. Brady Ward, he was their stud player last year. He got injured and missed most of the season, missed – I think he missed the entire playoff run as well. To the, they made it to the state semifinals last year before uh, losing to Holly, which was the eventual 2A Division One state champion. So having Brady Ward back will be a huge, huge boost for this Crawford team. You know, I, I think Crawford is just a slight step above Marlin, but I think that Crawford-Marlin game, of course, I think it's going to decide the district championship, but I think that's going to be a great game. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I agree. Uh, also, I'm interested in Riesel. They got a mm-hmm. new coach over there, Robert Little. And, I, man, I love – one of my favorite Central Texas quarterbacks yes. is Gavin Oliver. <laughs> yes. And he may not – I don't know. They, they've got it where he – I don't know if he's playing quarterback again or not. This dude's like a left tackle out there <laughs> yeah. scrambling, breaking tackles and stuff. I love watching him. 
That'll be interesting to see how uh, Riesel does. I always root for Moody with Coach Hurst over there. He's a Whitney Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see them breaking the top four in that district. Yeah, just just not this season as well. But yeah, I think I think Crawford. I think Crawford is uh, just just a slight step above Marlin, a greater step above everyone else. I mean, it's hard to pick when you're undefeated in district and you go on a state semifinal run. Yes, they lose a couple key pieces, but I think it's still Crawford's district to lose. Yeah, for and sure. they lost to. Uh, Highly impressive Holly team. Yeah, we were at that game. Yeah, and uh, man, what a what a great team! I remember leaving, thinking that's probably the state mm-hmm. champion. I think. And the, and then you go to the next week, and they played Refuri on the state championship and absolutely trounced them. I think yeah. I think it was like fifty six to twenty one or something like that. And you know they weren't favored in that game. I mean, it's hard to be favored against Refurio in a state championship game, but they went out there and proved everyone wrong. It was that was a great great display by Holly, and that was a very special team to to watch us year and the Crawford when they played Crawford last year it was it was close for a little while but eventually Holly pulled away towards the end that team was just so talented and they were for a two-way team they were able to sling it like unlike I mean I'm still fairly young I'm 22 years old but (laughs) the amount of two-way offenses I've seen in my time as a high school football fan I hadn't seen many that could sling it like that Holly team last year for sure they were impressive no doubt yeah so we will move now to district seven in class two-way division one interesting district here who do you have in your top four for this one I'm gonna go Axtell ah nice Yuga Italy and Kearns. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to visit with Coach Horn. You know, he, he's going to go with the freshman quarterback this year. Okay. And he's going to move his son around a little bit, play wide receiver or slot, running back. Uh, he thinks that they're a lot faster this year. Last year mm-hmm. he said they were slow as mud. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they got a, a good year in his offseason program. And so he, he likes their speed. And, and I think they're gonna, he thinks they're going to probably throw the ball a little bit more. They really like that freshman quarterback. And that, that's, a, that's a good – it's like a change of pace for Axel because lately under their – their last coaching regime, they were a run first. Like, they ran, like, the slot T, which, you know, with that type of offense, you don't have to be very fast. You just have to have great technique and, like, block effectively. So they did, probably haven't had many off-season programs that focus on speed and, um, you know, just uh, dexterity or uh, what's it? conditioning. Conditioning, that's what I'm looking for. With, str- like, really speed and conditioning as a true focal point. So having that full off-season program as they head into year two under Coach Horn, I think that'll help as well. And I think being able to have a second year to transition and learn more of that offense where they're throwing the football first, I think that's going to help them as well. I currently have them at number two under Kay Yuga, but I do have a note here saying that this matchup will determine the district championship. I think I think Axel and Kay Yuga are both a little a step above the rest of the competition, but I would not be surprised if Axel went out there and won and won this district. Yeah, and you know, uh, Cayugas, man, they they had a really good team last year. Uh, got knocked out in the first round. Uh, I just don't see anything really behind it. Yeah, I think Italy's mm-hmm. going to be down for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of interested in Karens. You know, they're bringing yeah. back a lot yeah, of starters. Yeah, Kearns, they returned 17 yeah, starters from a playoff team, for sure. The, the, there, there's, there's nothing to be overlooked there. But Cayuga, their defense is their strength. That's where they return the majority of their starters. And they run return their quarterback, Gunnar Douglas, that led this team to an undefeated district title run last year. So, you know, bringing that much back, you know, it's it's not a stretch to say Cayuga could repeat, but with how, how much Axel seems to be improving, I think that if that Cayuga-Axel game falls into a Thursday night or something, 
then, then we should. I think that'd I be think a great game. Early. I think that's an early district. Early game. It's one of the first or second one. Yeah, it's early in the so, district. So this district could easily be decided in the first or second week of the district season. So it'll be interesting to see. But – I have Cayuga, but you might have convinced me a bit. I, I, I might be leaning more towards Axtell now, but <laughs> I'll stick with my pick for now. I'll stick with Cayuga, but, again, I'll be not, not surprised whatsoever if Axtell goes out here and takes District 7 in Class 2A Division 1. Now we'll move to District 5 in Class 2A Division 1. Uh, Toller and Peyton Brown are the story here in, in District 5. Yeah, man, what a stud. I mean, just watching that kid play last year, he's just a machine, uh, just tremendous ball player, like typical small-town, two-way, just machine. He has over 4,600 career rushing yards and almost 70 career touchdowns, and he's going into his junior year, Kenny. <laughs> that, yeah. that's, that's what more can be said. He is a special player, no doubt about it. And, again, he's one of those guys – we talked about the running backs they had – um, at Albany last year when they played Mart, Peyton Brown is that prototypical Class 2A, oversized, over six foot, 190 pound guy, and he's crazy athletic. I saw them play when they played Crawford last year, and I believe it was the third or fourth. I think it was the third or fourth round of the playoffs when they played it at Burleson. And we were talking about it earlier. I saw Peyton Brown. You know, over six foot, 190 pounds, literally leap over, <laughs> completely hurdle two Crawford defenders, unlike anything I'd seen, at least at the high school level. He's a special player, no doubt. Yeah, and, and I got to trade a few texts with Coach Mullins over at Toller. Mm -hmm. Hey, he knows he's got some really good pieces coming back, but he's also got a bunch of dudes taking uh, varsity reps for the first time. So they're a little mm -hmm. young, yes. but uh, he really likes where he's at, and I just continue – I see them to continue to get better, and they're going to be in the thick of things uh, come playoff time. It'll be an interesting interesting district because with with your point there about their being young, I don't think – I have Toler at number one, but I don't think they're a clear number one. I think two and three in this district have a solid chance to take it as well. You look at Hamilton, I have them at number two. They made it to the third round of the playoffs seemingly out of nowhere last year. And they returned 17 starters from that team. Kenny. Yeah, what a great story, man. I think mm -hmm. Hamilton and Axtell met up in the second round. Yep, two teams sure that probably nobody thought was going to be nope. there. We uh, talked about it. We yeah. talked about it. it Coach was, Morris, dude, what, what a hell of a job he's doing over mm -hmm. there. And, uh, man, you know, I, I like Coleman to finish second because anytime yeah. Jaden Jackson is on your team, yeah. it, you, you've got a chance. Uh, kid is a special that athlete. Dude, he is fun to watch. He is a stud. And that's, I have a note here. It's interchangeable between Hamilton and Coleman. It's, it's so hard to choose between two teams that are just that close. But then you look at, you know, Jaden Jackson. When it comes to that, if you have the best athlete on the field, it's easier to go that route. I do have Hamilton at number two, though, Coleman at three. But, I mean, that could easily go either way. Who do you have at number four? I guess I'm going to go with Bangs. I have Bangs uh, as well. I just really, you know, didn't, re you know, didn't read into those guys mm. a whole lot. But, uh, you know, they look like they, they're – Probably going to kind of be where they – well, you know, they went two rounds deep last yeah. year. Uh, you know, I think they beat Clifton last year, uh, which mm -hmm. is a bigger classific uh, classification team. So, 
I like them. Yeah, it, it was. I was kind of deciding from this number four spot. I was kind of deci- deciding between Bangs and San Saba. I think I went with Bangs though, because yes, they, they they won a playoff game last year and they returned their quarterback Kenny Cole, who's going to his junior year. He started every year at quarterback at the varsity level since he was a freshman. So I think having that experience, you know, leading your offense in year three under his belt coming up, I think that'll be huge for him. The thing with San Saba, they have they had a lot of returners. I think they're bringing back 15 or 16 uh, returners from last year's team who just narrowly missed the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I did go with Bangs. But I think think with Coach Mullins and this Toller team and having Peyton Brown, easily the best player in this district as a whole, I mean – it's it's hard to pick it's hard to pick against them it really is and they're going to be well coached all those young players that we mentioned before just having coach Mullins at the helm I think they'll develop really really quickly so I think this is, I think Toller will win this district yep so now we'll move up to class three A division two district thirteen who do you have in this one Kenny I got Lexington. I do as well. In this one, this uh, one I was think, tough. I think Rogers is going to be mm-hmm. improved. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Coach Roten. I got to. I talked to him a little bit. Really likes his quarterback in Cisneros. Yep. Think this is probably the most depth that he's at, had up front on the both offensive and defensive line since he's been there. So he really likes his team. And, and I got Lexington Rogers. I think Clifton's going to finish third. And I got Buffalo and Elkhart kind of battling out that fourth spot. That's that's almost exactly like how I got it. I got Lexington at number one. They'll double-digit wins. And I think you got to remember, they went 10-0, and and then they got bounced in the first round. So I think they have a huge, huge chip on their shoulder this year. Uh, you know, Especially that dreaded 10-1. and You talk about it all the time. To go 10-0 and in the regular season and then lose that first-round playoff game, it's got to sting. It's got to sting really hard. Yeah. And I think with how much they're bringing back, because they were young last year. They are filled mostly sophomores and juniors last year. Now that all those guys have all that win, under their belt and all that experience in the full offseason, I think they'll be primed to not only win the district, but I think with that chip on their shoulder, they're gonna have they're gonna feel like in their minds they have something to prove. So I think they'll be primed for a run this year. Yeah, Lexington, they've got Case Evans coming back. Last year was his mm-hmm. first year to start. I believe he's a freshman, maybe a sophomore. Uh Coach Mill Mule Mull had really talked about how that kid has been doing seven on seven for a long time. He can really spin the ball. You got the Kerr kid. The defensive back, uh, they've got a lot of talent. And, uh, yeah, I like them for making, maybe making a run. Yeah, me too. I, I think I – didn't, I didn't have Elkhart in the mix for a playoff spot, although uh, you never know. But I, I think in that three or four spot, I have Clifton and Buffalo kind of interchanging. I went with Clifton at number three because they, they bring that one-two running back punch with uh, Finney and Tunnel as well, Parker Tunnel. You know, that, that's a, that was a great one-two punch that they had last year. I think both those guys had over 1,000 rushing yards with this Clifton offense. Yeah, they were close. And, and I really, you know, they're going to be really run heavy with those backs. And mm-hmm. I think their defense is going to be better because Finney plays defense too. And they got some really good linebackers. They're tough. To, they should be tougher to run on this year mm-hmm. if, if, you know, if, if you just think they progress and get better because they got a lot of kids coming back. So that, I kind of like them at third and uh, – 
you know, I may be wrong. This is just uh, guesses, you know. I, it's I it's like, the preseason. I don't like calling predictions. I like yeah. calling possibilities. I mean, we're, all of our analysis is on paper. Yeah. You know, we'll really know once all these players hit the field, which it, it just makes it so much, so much more exciting that that's around the corner. Man, I can't. This is my favorite time of the year, Kenny. Yeah, and Rodgers awesome. is going to get tested early because they, they've, yes. uh, they've got Little River Academy you mm-hmm. know, early. In the- and there's been talk that Little River Academy – Little River Academy might be taking a step back. You know, they lose Chris, the, their coach, Chris Lancaster, to Robinson. But they promoted their offensive coordinator up to their head, co- head coaching position. And, um, I mean, I have to look at my notes here once we get to that district. But I don't think they lost a whole lot from last year. But they did kind of underperform last year. I think they finished like 5-6. and six. So, I mean, they'll have, they'll have a chip to prove as well. But I think that will be a great game as well, for sure. So, now we will move on to – Class 3A Division 2, staying in Class 3A Division 2, and we will move to District 7. And this is the one with Palmer, Scurry Rosser, Cedar Hill, TLC, and Blooming Grove. That's who I have as my top four. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, and it'll be it'll be tough. I think that one two one and two spot could be interchangeable with Palmer and Scurry Rosser. I mean, um, again, they bring uh, Scurry Rosser. They have twelve starters coming back from a playoff team, and they do have a new head coach as well. And Cedar Hill TLC and Blooming Grove could be interchangeable at that three or four spot. At, the one and two is interchangeable for me, and the three or four is interchangeable. But I think at the end of the day, I went Palmer, Scurry Rosser, Cedar Hill TLC, and then Bloom and Grove. Yeah, and I just had Bloom and Grove kind of missing out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they lost quite a bit. And yeah, that's true. We kind of were kind of high on them earlier in the year, uh, mm-hmm. last year, and they just kind of uh, didn't perform like we thought they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palmer had a, a good year last year uh, for Palmer, 11-1. and one. But, yeah, I, I kind of like that Scurry, Palmer, Cedar Hill, Mildred. Yeah, okay. I, I, I could see Mildred. I could absolutely see Mildred for sure. I do have Blooming Grove at number four, however. They bring back their lead tackler and, bo- and that linebacker, Baumgartner. He had 100, 100 tackles last year. Return the quarterback and top receiver as well. I think that could be interchangeable at number four between Blooming Grove and Mildred. But I'll go with Blooming Grove, and I have Palmer winning this district as well. So now we move up to District 11 in Class 3A Division One now. And – you were talking about some heavy hitters in this district. We were just talking about Academy. The District of Doom. Franklin, Lorena, Cameron Yeo, and Academy. That's who I got as my top four. Well, you got two teams here with brand-new head coaches. Yep. Now, I guess like we talked with Bryce, you could kind of – or uh, with the Greg, Willie coming up, you could kind of call, you know, Lorena uh, inside hire because they, mm. they brought in their principal. Yep. Kevin but, Johnson. Yeah. And I've got Franklin, Cameron Yeo, Lorena, and Little River. Yeah, uh, I agree as well. I, for, and but the thing you bring up the fact that they hired their principal, Kevin Johnson has coaching experience. Oh, I, I believe I, I believe he comes to Connolly, I believe, for for a while there. So, I mean, it's going to be different though. Ray Balls was there for what thirty one years, a long so time. Yeah. That that system was implemented and at full steam going ahead. They won the state championship in three division one two years ago over Brock. So. It, it, the question is, how much will that system change? Will they stay throw heavy? Will they will defense still be a strength for them? Because they got a lot coming back. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think, but I th- still think with how much Franklin loses, I think they're still just half a step behind Franklin. Yeah, and, and you know they bring back Jaden Porter. I, I don't, yep. I, I'm not gonna name names, but I, I heard the running back got hurt in scrimmage last week. I don't mm. know how. Uh, I think it's a broken leg. Uh, and then mm. they got Jackson Generals. This is second or third third year third year yeah he was starting so they've got people coming back but i did talk to coach Rhodes, 
And he, I asked him how he felt about his team, and he replied back, I really, really like this team. <laughs> that sounds so like he, a Rick Rhodes yeah, answer. Yeah, he, he said two reallys. So I'm high on Cameron. I, you know, I think uh, they just got this tradition there. Yeah. Rick Rhodes is back, and they're, they're, I really look for them. Yeah. You know, hell, they played, what, 13 games last year. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they went third round deep. So They're uh, going to be relatively young, but, of course, they always have athletes. Yeah. They're always going to be very dynamic. And they return their quarterback, Braylon Drake, who yeah. led that team to a three-round playoff run last year. So, I could see Yo making some noise, maybe breaking a surprise in there, maybe getting that two spot. Yeah, and Coach Rhodes, he's like, we're really, really deep at the skill position. I mean, so he's got two reallys. Yeah. Two well, reallys. I don't know if he, he didn't do two reallys on that one. But, oh, okay. But he did two. But he do, really, really yeah, likes He did two really, reallys on how good he thought this team was. But he is deep. They are deep at the skill position. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got them second. Lorena, you know, new coach, inside hire. Yeah, uh, they they bring bring back Casey Mraz, but man, I really last year I thought Rockdale might have snuck in and made the playoffs and upset some people. They've got a new coach. Mm-hmm. They've got their quarterback coming back. That'll be a fun district. I mean, I think it's Franklin, Lorena, or Franklin Cameron, then Lorena, and then. It's going to be fun to see how the rest shakes. Yeah, up. that that number four spot's going to be up for grabs. I think it's that four spot's going to be a battle. But for Rockdale and Academy. I mean, Troy and McGregor, they're both solid programs. I, I just feel like they're just victims of this district. I think both Troy and McGregor would be consistent playoff teams in any other district aside from this one. Well, what's going to be interesting about Troy is Coach Brashear, Tommy Brashear goes over there, and mm-hmm. this team has been running run yep, heavy for years and years. And I saw where he said, hey, we're still going to run the ball, but he likes to throw the ball around a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, He'll well, he did at Cameron. So – how are those kids going to adapt to this new system? You know, and you know they're going to have a pretty tough task right off the bat with Whitney. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to, to see how that that shakes out. They're just like any other team that changes. I don't know. Again, we don't know how much exactly the mm-hmm. system's going to change offensively, but anytime there is any change, there's going to be some lumps. Especially first year head coach and a, and a new. I mean, Tommy Brashear's not going to be run first. I mean, he'll he'll have some running, but he's always going to implement some passing, and we saw that in his time at. Cameron Yo, um, you know they're gonna take some, they're gonna take their lumps, but I think you know they're they're gonna get better as the season goes on. But I don't just just because of how the top 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 three top four players are in this district, it's just gonna be hard for either them or McGregor to clinch a playoff spot. It's gonna be tough. But you know I have Academy at number four, but I really think Rockdale could could sneak their way by there. If they get that win over Academy and secure that fourth playoff spot, I don't think I'd be surprised whatsoever. Yeah, because uh, Rockdale gets Hunter Hamrick back, yep. who was on staff for that state, state championship. Yep. That's right. So, a familiar face, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I guarantee you Rockdale has plenty of athletes on that, on that team. Oh, no doubt. They always do. Same, same with them and Cameron. Yeah, that's why that's such a fun rival, oh, yeah. rivalry, the Battle of the Bell. Every time they play, it's it's an exciting game for sure. And it's funner when they're both good. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the chat rooms are, are on fire, yeah. and it's, it's <laughs> yeah. fun to just go in there and observe. I don't ever comment, but I like to read. One of the most underrated rivalries across the state, I think, I think when you look at the Battle of the Bell, I mean, people across the Central Texas region, they know what it is. Oh, yeah. But I think if you ask most people across the entire state of Texas, you ask what the Battle of the Bell was, most of them probably wouldn't know. But it's such an underrated rivalry. But it gets overshadowed by, like, the Battle of the Axe with uh, Sherman Dennison, the Battle of 287 with Waxahachie and Ennis. You know, those storied rivalries.
rivalries at Bay City and El Campo, the rivalries that have lasted for over 100 years. Get They overshadow this Battle of the Bell, which has also lasted for almost a century or around a century. Oh, you yeah. know? So, I mean, it's a really fun rivalry. And, you know, you the past few years, this – this district has been pretty much Franklin's to lose. I mean, Lorena, Lorena, even though they haven't finished with a district championship every year, they've still made deep playoff runs, except for last year when they ran to that buzzsaw of Columbus yeah, in the that first was, round. <laughs> I mean, the fact that that was a first-round game is an absolute shame. Yeah, that is that sucks. But it, it'll be a fun district to keep up with, especially with how, how Yo's looking heading into the season. This is going to – that top three, top four battle. Every – Every district, or every every district, every playoff spot in this district is going to be exciting because it could honestly shake up either way. But I still think you can't go against the two two time state champions, the three three appearances in a row. It's hard to pick against them, despite how much they have to replace. But again, we talked about it before. They have Jaden Jackson coming back. They do, and uh, they're just. I just can't see. As much as I like Cameron, I, you just got to go with Franklin. Yeah, for sure. So now we have Franklin winning the district. Lorena close second uh, for me. And then you have Yo at number two. So now we move to class – staying in class three, division one. Now with district eight. And, again, like we talked about with that Mar district before, it's the same situation here. I think it's Malakoff and everybody else. Yeah, and we – Touched on Malakoff earlier, you yes. know, uh, Chancey Hogg, Mike Jones, Jason Tennyson, mm-hmm. just studs. Uh, I was told their JV did not get scored on last year, which is awesome. <laughs> that's and, ridiculous. Uh, what I, wanna, I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, what I like is like those bottom. So I think it's Malakoff and Teague. For sure. And I think Fairfield, Mahaya, and Grosbeck. Now Grosbeck. Mm. Grosbeck's young. And they were injured they, all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yep. had so many injuries last year. So they got a bunch of dudes coming back that mm-hmm. had a lot of playing time last year. And I would not be surprised if they – I don't have mm-hmm. them finishing fourth, but if they snuck in fourth or, or the four or three spot, I wouldn't be surprised. No. I think uh, Coach Bomar is a great coach, and, and mm-hmm. he's going to get it out of his kids. Yeah. I have – surprise. this might be a bit of a surprise. I have Mahaya. Like we talked about that pre that preseason hype, Coach Noel coming back for his second season. I have Mahay at number three. I think I think they'd be poised for probably the biggest leap in this district. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Mahay took number two over Teague. I know I know Teague has sixteen stars returning from a playoff team. They got a lot of talent. They'll be in year two under their new coach, Coach Linscombe. I, I think it'll be an interesting battle whenever Teague and Mahay take off uh, take on each other. And number four spot, I have Fairfield. But like you, I, I had it in my notes right here. If Grosbeck sneaks into number four, absolutely no surprise here. What's so great about that district is every team of the, of the five, I don't know about Kempen, uh, Eustace, or Eustace, however they say it, mm-hmm. they're all rivals. Like, yeah. T, like, you know, Grosbeck and uh, – Mahay are 10 miles apart. Yeah. The, I remember back in a few years ago whenever I played for Whitney, we had this exact district, but instead of Mahay and Fairfield, it was Whitney and West. Yeah. And it was every other every other team in the district was the exact same. And so all these teams in this region have been playing each other for decades. And like you said, that's what makes this district so fun. It's going to be super fun to keep up with. So now we will go to District 7 and 3A Division 1. We will have Grandview, Whitney, West, Madison, and all the other Dallas schools. Yeah. Uh, very heavy Dallas schools in this district. But a, a couple of our central, kids. central Texas representatives here. Who do you got? I'm just going to – I think it's going to shake out until 
Whitney can prove that they can beat Grandview or West. Yeah. I got Grandview, West, Whitney, and I'm going to go May Pearl. Really? Okay. I, I got I got Grandview number one as well. You know, they've, they've been running this district for a while now, and they bring by that guy, Ryder Hayes. They have a lot to replace. They got hit hard by graduation, but – with bringing back a quarterback as special as Ryder Hayes, I think this district is still there to, theirs to lose. I do have Whitney at number two. And, again, like we were just talking about with Mahay and their district, I think Whitney is primed for the biggest leap in this district uh, for number two. They got 15 starters returning, including their quarterback, Mason Seeley, who's a sophomore last year. They will, they have some questions at running back. We're not sure, we're not sure who will go, who they will go with there. We know they had that one-two punch last year, uh, Demarion Johnson and Tristan Wilson. But now both those guys are gone to graduation. So running back will be the huge question. But as far as every other skill spot in the offense goes, they return the house. They do. And and when let's go back to Grandview real quick. Mm-hmm. I got to chat with Coach Ebner and mm-hmm. you know, he knows that he's young. And he's got yeah. he's got a good senior class, you know, Ryder Hayes, uh, Casey Cannon. Yep. But he thinks, you know, this team's gonna grow and by the time playoff football shows up, he thinks they're gonna they're gonna be playing their best football of the year, you know. And I hey with his track record, I, I believe him. You know? Oh, no doubt. He's got uh, Jaleel Allen. I know last year as a freshman started, and he considered that dude a lockdown corner. So he's going to get to play a lot more wide receiver now that Casey English is gone. Uh, that's what worries me about Grandview is Casey mm-hmm. English did everything for that team. I mean, he played quarterback the majority of the time halfway through, you know, in the playoffs. He was – starting at quarterback you know against Whitney he started I think that's when it started at Whitney and then all the way the rest of the district into the playoffs you know Casey English was kind of their Swiss Army knife guy he scored what? touchdowns returning interception Return, returning, returning kicks, kicks. Mm-hmm. throwing the ball rushing the ball receiving the ball how are they going to replace – you don't replace that guy, but what no. are they going to do to stay on that same level without Case in English? It's going to be tough to see, but, again, with Grandview and Coach Ebner, they always have talent. It's it's crazy. There's just – always seems to have those 3A towns that just always have an influx of talent. When you look at Cameron Yo, when you look at Grandview, when you look at Rockdale, when you look at Malakoff, all those guys – all those teams just always seem to have those guys, like the top-notch athletes that are able to go out there and just – step up for yeah. their programs for sure. And then I think you look at West. West is always going to be good yeah. up front. I think they got hit the hardest by graduation. They did. I, but I think with Coach Woodard, man, their defense got is always going to be good. Got a system. They're going to be big and good up front. Now, they're getting a quarterback in Gus Crane that hasn't played a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the running back, I forgot his name. Uh, is it Cush? Uh, Coy Klish. Coy Klish, yeah. Yes. So they got some unproven guys on offense, but I will never underestimate a, a Woodard team because no. the dude has a great program over there. So, in my opinion, they're always going to be good on defense. And they return Easton Paxton yes, as well. Which is an all-state guy, mm-hmm. a super syntax guy. Then you get to Whitney. Like you said, they're returning all their skill guys except for the running backs. I think they've got some prospects that they're going to bring in a running back. The defense is what concerns me because mm-hmm. the three top – caliber teams they played they last gave year, up points. they gave up a lot of points a lot of points yeah and I think their defense is going to be good because they didn't really lose a whole lot on defense last year so uh, that's I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points but Whitney's defense has got to get better uh, they got a great kicker if they get into a close game uh, they, they've got guys that can return kicks so yeah I got them third until they and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did go out and beat a West they, mm-hmm. they, they, they beat West before you know they, they're I think they're 
split with them before last year. You know, they, yeah. they, they were they were holding their own. But, uh, yeah, I just got Whitney third until they can go out and, and do it. Okay. And that's fair. I, I, I totally get that for sure. I, I got Whitney in number two, West at three. And the only reason I have West at three is just because of how hard they were hit by graduation. When you guys, when you got guys like Koi Klish and Easton Paxton, you know, those guys that can step up. And, and again, like With you Zane said. Zane Harper. Zane Harper. running mm-hmm. uh, linebacker. And, and you got the point you made with um, – with, Coach Woodard, sorry, he he has a system. He's been there for a long time. Yeah. He he's got he's got the system down, and the players know that they've got seventh grade up. Like we we talk about it all the time, so they're not going to be a bad football team. They yeah. they're never going to be a bad football team as long as David Woodard's there. There's no doubt about that. But I th- I do think just because of how much they lose, they'll take a step back. Not a huge step, but they will take a, a step back this year. I think they'll finish number three, number four. Got a curveball here. I'm going to take Dallas Madison at number four. Take Madison at four. I, I, I think so. I see Madison play. They've got some athletes. I mean, mm-hmm. they look really good walking out of the tunnel. I they're mean, just inconsistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know. May Pearl, Coach Amaron, first year there. They just, they've always got, you know, their kids are just tough. You know, I've seen them just, you know, play their hearts out, and uh, maybe this guy can turn them around. Uh, let's get back to Whitney. In my opinion, this is probably going to be as far as their defensive line goes, some of the best defensive line they've had since probably 2019 when they had the, the Geronimo's and, and the, uh, the Wooden's. Wooden kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing they've got going. Of course, they've got David Haynes. They've got uh, uh, Tate Winkler. They've got Wola. They've got linebackers. They've got Rocha. They've got the pieces, I think, to be a good defense. they just got to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, th- I think, again, I think they'll be primed for the biggest leap in this district. They won eight games last year, a team that was pretty much full of sophomores. I mean, so- aside from the the running back, tan- the senior running back tandem they had, and some along the defensive front were seniors as well. But overall, across the board, they were relatively young last year. And, again, we- we've said it several several times about other teams, their second year under the pro- program for Coach David Haynes. And then you have – the, his son Trey Haynes. Oh yeah, he broke. I'm pretty sure he broke the single season tackle record for Whitney last year, 160. He tied it with tied it. Juan Salcedo, Salcedo his junior year. Okay, Juan that's right. Salcedo. Okay, so and then there was he was the Super Centex Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a legit stud, and mm-hmm. he you know as soon as he showed up at Whitney, we got better. This was one he's of those a leader. Kids, yeah, you, you just got better. I think that's natural for a coach's kid as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, this district's going to be really fun. That one through three could be very interchangeable. And like you said, it depends on how Whitney can go against the big dogs, which at the end of the day, on paper, Grandview and West are still the big dogs of this district. It's just with how hard West was hit by graduation. Same with Grandview, just not as hard as West. And then can Whitney, with all this talent in the second year in this program under Coach Haynes, can they take that leap that they seem on paper very primed for? It'll be really, really fun to see. So now we will move up to Class 4-8, Division 2, starting with District 11. How do you see things shaking up here, Kenny? Well, I'm going to go Conley, Madisonville, and I got Salado, Gatesville. Really? I have I have Gatesville at number three, 
and I have Robinson sneaking sneaking in that fourth playoff spot. <laughs> they got fourteen returners, and I think they're. I, I like Chris Lancaster. I was I about to say, a, I think I, he's a good coach. I man. think that was an excellent hire by Robinson, Absolutely. bringing in Chris Lancaster, and but the biggest question will be that quarterback situation because. Last year under Mike Ludlow, for most of the season, it was his freshman son, Jackson Ludlow, that took the reins at quarterback. And now cuts Ludlow over at White Oak, taking Jackson with him. It's a, and a whole new coach. That I think their biggest question in that fourth spot will be that QB situation. Yeah, um, and Coach Ludlow, I believe he's at Lone Oak, White Oak now. White Oak, yes. White Oak. Man, let's talk about Conley. <laughs> so they're loaded. But I'm just – can they get over the hump? We talked that about second this round last hump. year. Can, yep. we, can they get over the hump with, you know, the Kiefer Sibleys, the Kobe Blacks, and who knows who else is fixing to get an offer after this year. Oh they just goodness. got it coming up talent after talent. Coach Garrett, I think uh, – I think, you know, he, you know, nine and three last year, four and oh in district. I think, you know, he's kind of – what are we going to do, man? I mean, you've got this talent. Let's 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 get over that hump. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 there is that wall, that second round wall that we talk about every year with Connolly. It just seems like they always seem to out athlete people. You know, when, whenever they go against a lot of teams in their division or lesser, they usually ha- they're usually more athletic. They're usually more explosive, especially offensively. And I think when you have guys like Kiefer Sibley and Kobe Black coming back, because you would think that this team would take a huge step back, losing guys like Jelani McDonald. Oh, but that dude was golly. unbelievable. About but then when you bring back legitimate FBS talent in Kobe Black and Kiefer Sibley. I think Kiefer Sibley is going to play for Coach Prime at Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Well, I know he got offered at Nebraska and some uh-huh. other places, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know that he was going he to might, He might have just Prime. gotten offered there, but I don't know if he committed or not, but I know he's definitely got an offer from there. And Kobe Black, absolute stud on both sides of the ball. I do have Connolly taking the district title as well, but I think – for one through four in this district, they all return a lot. They're all really primed. Connolly, 16 returners. Madisonville, 14. Gatesville, 13. And Robinson, 14. I think the one through four in this district is going to be really, really uh, – just uh, the whole district, every playoff seating is going to be up for grabs. It's going to be super fun to watch. But I also have Madisonville at number two. But I have Gatesville and Robinson as my three and four. Well, Madisonville's loaded. They're bringing back oh, a yeah. bunch of skilled kids. And and so is Salada. That's what I like. They're bringing back their quarterback, uh, Mr. Law. Luke Law, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of wide receivers are running back. I just like Tom Westerberg. I think he, uh, I think he's there to turn. You know, he's a hometown guy. Yep, and uh, he's probably there to stay. So he, he's got a vested interest in this, and I think I think they're going to turn things around. And I got them finishing fourth. And I wouldn't be surprised with that as well. That's a really really great point. Same with Gatesville. I think Gatesville could fight for that number two spot. They were a playoff team last year, and again they were returning thirteen returners, and they like to run the football, and that would be huge because they they returned four of their five starting offensive linemen. Yeah, they've from got last a really year. good offensive line coming back. So it's this district is going to be. I think it's a more underrated district. Like you would think it'd be Connolly and everyone else, but Madisonville. Gatesville and whoever that number four spot will be, whether it's Robinson or Salado, this is a five-team district, so that it could go either way. But this might be the most exciting five-team district in the entire state. Yeah, well, you know, I think uh, spots two through four are pretty exciting. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Conley probably runs away Conley, with Conley's it. probably yeah. a step above everyone, yeah. yeah. But two through four is going to be really, really fun to see. Now we'll stay in Class 4A Division Two. And we will go to District 4. How do you have this one shaping out? I got uh, Glen Rose mm-hmm. 
Godly, Hillsboro, and I'm going to go Ferris. I, I have that exact same as well. Glen Rose, you know, they re- they have a lot, a lot to replace. They have to replace Hudson White. They have to replace most of their skill starters. I think they have to return all five stars along the offensive <laughs> line as well. They have a lot to replace. But this team has a lot of pedigree, and Coach Watkins over there, he's has I don't, I don't know how long he's been there. He hasn't been there very long, has uh, he? Four, 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 three, three, four years. years. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they I don't know if Caden Raymond and Kellen Raymond are brothers, but I'm going to call them the Raymond brothers. Uh-huh. But they're two studs, and they're, yes. they're coming back. One was an All State tight end, another one All District defensive lineman. Uh, I just think they're just. I think it's kind of uh, yeah. They're going to miss Hudson White for sure. Yes. But I just got them finishing first in this day. I, I do do as well with it was just the pedigree. But don't be surprised if Godley comes in there and takes that number two spot. Twelve returners, and they were surprised last year. They went five hundred in the regular season and then marched their way to the third round of the playoffs. What a run. That was awesome. Man, Landon Thigpen, what a stud. Mm-hmm. I still think they're a step behind Glen Rose for sure, but I think they're the biggest threat by far to Glen Rose as far as the rest of this district is concerned. Again, this is another five-team district. I also have Hillsborough at number three. And how about Hillsborough defensively? Ten of 11 starters returning, including Emery, who we you were talking about it with Bryce Chair earlier, almost 200 tackles last season. Yeah, I think they're going to be really, really improved on defense. Defense. For uh, sure. Last year, their offense just really the, – the time the two times I saw them just really couldn't get started, couldn't do anything. And uh, But the defense, I think uh, – you know, Coach Amute, he's an old defensive guy anyway. I think that defense is going to be much improved. Yeah, I saw them play once last year, and they played against Robinson, and they needed two defensive touchdowns in that game. I think it was either one or two, but they needed to – I remember at one point they got a pick six at the end of the first half, which really swung things out. So – and I think that was enough – at least proof for me, only the one game I saw, that in the times they were successful last season, it was because of their defense. Whether it was big plays like that, just changing the momentum of the football game or just making big plays or making big stops. The defense is the strength for this Hillsborough team, no doubt, and, and obviously led by Emery. And that number four spot, I got Ferris as well. I think they have a chance – for that number three spot, I think they have, they might have the best two-way player in the district in Brian Ramirez, that running back linebacker type, really good player. Um, but yeah, I think I think they'll they'll hold, you know, still at number four. It'll I think that depending on what their records are at that point in district play, I think that Hillsborough Ferris game for that three or four spot would be a pretty interesting matchup to see. But I think. Yeah, Glenn Rose is def- definitely a step above everyone else. I definitely have them number one, but I keep an eye on Godley, man. I, I really I, – I feel something about that team. I, I think with just how much they have returning and just that – see if they can build that momentum from that surprise third-round third round playoff run last year. So, it'll be interesting to see, but I still think at the end of the day, it is Glenn Rose's district to lose. So, now we will move up to Class 4A Division One. And District 5, and you want to talk about a district of doom, <laughs> China Springs, Stephenville, Alvarado, and La Vega. How do you have that for that four-team? Well, I'm going to go scene. probably like everybody else has it. I'm going to go China Springs, Stephenville, La Vega. Uh, I just have a hard time betting against China Springs right now. Yeah. Or Stephenville one year removed from a state championship, so – that's me and probably Alvarado coming up, uh, bringing it in the bottom. Yeah, that, that China Spring-Steamville game was pretty interesting because that was originally supposed to be 
a Thursday night game uh, towards the middle of October at, a, at Tarleton Memorial Stadium in Stephenville. But there's a conflict, I believe, with uh, Tarleton. Their homecoming is that week, so they're using the stadium for festivities. So, um, you know, that game has been moved to Friday of that same week. I believe it's Friday the 20th at Glen Rose uh, Stadium over there. So uh, that'll be a fun matchup here. I think China Spring, they got Cash McCollum and Kyle Barton coming back. They do have a lot to replace, though. They lose players like uh, Tristan Exline, uh, Jordan Battles, you know, players like that that were stepped up, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think I think their offense will be fine, bringing back your leading passer and rusher. Oh, yeah. But that the defensive side of the ball is where, they might have more questions. Not, I mean, this team is still going to be really, really good. There's no doubt about that. But I guess if they have one glaring question, it's definitely the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, anytime you got Cash McCollum coming back and Kyle Barton, mm-hmm. you're going to be excited. The two-way stud and, and Graydon Grimes, uh, another X-line. That's becoming like a medlock. Another X-line <laughs> yeah. at, at a China Spring coming back. So, to me, they're the clear number one. Looking at Stephenville, man, I'm a big Tate Mariska fan. 2,000 yards, mm-hmm. 20 touchdowns last year. What a stud. Uh, they got their quarterback coming, uh, coming back and got. Mm-hmm. Gentry's coming back for Stephenville. He was their top receiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I like Stephenville. And then another one of my all-time favorite players I like to watch his highlights is Bryson Rowland for La Vega. What a what a dude! And I think they're going to bounce back. You know, they were uh, five and six last year, lost in the first round. That's not your typical La Vega team. Uh, I think uh, Coach uh, Hyde thinks their defense is going to be better from what I've read in, in the paper and stuff. So I look for them to, to bounce back and uh, and uh, you know be in those games that they probably weren't in last year. You know, for sure. And okay. I have China Spring in Stephenville. This might be another one of my surprises. I'm going to go with Alvarado at number three. I'm going to go with Alvarado at number three. I think they're, again, they're poised for a big leap. They're in their second year under the hometown kid, Casey Walraven, uh, leading the helm there. They returned their quarterback, Collier. And you got to think, this is a team that I think most most of projections had them being that fifth team to miss the playoffs last year. And they went out there and they beat Stephenville. They had that kind of weird game, bad weather. They played yeah. Dublin, kind of high scoring, really crazy game. But they came out on the other side against Stephenville. But you know, and we're, we're, they, we're never going to get Coach Hot on this podcast if you pick if you pick against him all the time. Uh, that's I'm a just good point. That's a good point. <laughs> no, I, but I just am. Though, I'm going to go with Alvarado at number three. But I mean, it's it's interchangeable with. I mean, La Vega might be on paper, more primed to take that number three spot. And, heck, if things fall right. And Stephenville, they struggled defensively last year. And if that carries over into this season and having a special player like Bryson Rowland, LaVega could jump on top of that. I mean, that's exactly what Alvarado did last year. They just got into an absolute shootout with with uh, Stephenville last year. And they just – they got in Stephenville into one of those situations where it was the last team with the ball won the football game. And Alvarado took advantage of that and won the game last year. I, I, I got them at number three. That is my, probably my biggest surprise pick so far. But, yeah, Al, Alvarado at three, La Vega at four. But, I mean, that three or four is definitely interchangeable between Alvarado and La Vega. And if you – We've talked about the old adage earlier. When it comes to whoever has the best player on the field, that, te- that team, 
might be more poised to win, and that no doubt is Bryson Rowland for La Vegas. So it, it could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if La Vegas took number three. Yeah, and man, Alvarado growing up, you know, they were such a, you know, I remember Dusty Renfro, and that's mm-hmm. way before your time, but those dudes were, and that's back when Coach Walraven was playing. Yeah. Those dudes were <laughs> monsters, and last thing you want to do if you're from Whitney is go play Alvarado. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate that. I think Alvarado, you know, I think Coach has got them going in the right direction. They're just in a tough as hell district. Oh my goodness, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't hate that pick, man. I mean, it, I could see that happening. And again, we talked about it earlier with that gauntlet of a district in Class 3A with uh, Franklin Lorena and like those lower guys. Like if you put teams like La Vega and Alvarado and any other district, they're probably fighting for the district championship. But when you have those absolute heavy hitters like China Spring and Stephenville, it's just hard to do. It's not impossible, but it's definitely hard to do. So, yeah, I got, I got China, Stephenville, Alvarado, and La Vega. And you got China, Stephen, Stephenville, La Vega, and Alvarado. So now we will move up to Class 5A, Division 2, District 11. This would be an interesting district. It was definitely interesting last season. I got to cover a lot of this district firsthand. Who do you got? Who do you got uh, winning this one? I'm gonna go uh, Belton. Me too. Rouse University, and I really it's this, tough. This that is crazy. Tough. <laughs> it's crazy, but I would not be surprised if Coach Allen Hare and his Chaparral oh, Bobcats okay. surprise the state in uh, in their second year of football ever, mm-hmm. clinch a playoff spot, but. I guess if I had to pick, I would go with the status quo and, and go Elgin or Pflugerville. But, uh, man, keep an eye on uh, those chaparrales. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a big leap. I mean, again, that was a brand-new school. Most of those kids really didn't know each other. And I don't know how many of them expected to, when they signed up for football there to go into Allen Hare's system of – run the football slot teed run the ball down your throat but and it they had they took a lot of lumps last year trying to adjust to that offense and which is it's their first year of existence ever that's just that's that's just what's going to happen you know yeah they're not going to be perfect right away but i i have belts in number one as well they'll have a new quarterback in reese rumfield i mean we're going to talk about it more with Greg Willie later on, but how about that quarterback carousel yeah, this between the, the carousel? It right gives here. you, it really gives you a headache. There's Bel- yeah. Belton Temple and uh, Midway just seem to keep yeah. trading quarterbacks. I mean, Rumfield, he was originally at Belton, and then he went to Temple, and now he's back. Yeah, and and, and then. Um, uh, Ty Brown, who's the quarterback for Belton last year, now he's at Midway. I mean, it's just all over the place. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I'm sure it's all on board, but it's 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 interesting how that shakes out. They had a solid defense last year. They gave up less than 20 points per game throughout district play last year. Solid defense, and they'll be returning a lot of those defensive starters as well. 15 of their 22 starters from last year's district championship run are back, including their running back Sean Snap. He was a beast last year. He's one of those big, you know, lumbering, bowl you over like a bowling pin sort of running back. Very strong legs, runs the football hard. And I think having a solid transfer from a 6A like Reese Rumfield, I think this team's going to be poised for another district championship run. Yeah, yeah, and I I like, you know, I like them to finish first. I really like Rouse also, man. They've got that uh, terrific running back in Justin Mm -hmm. Ken, 1,500, almost 1,600 yards last year, rushed for a, a bunch of touchdowns. Got a couple of wide receivers coming back. 
I'm a fan of the Ralphs uh, Raiders. They will have to replace their three-year starting quarterback, though. Mason Shorb, he's graduated now, playing his ball at uh, Navarro College, I believe. He'll, they'll need to refine – that's going to be their biggest question offensively. They're still going to be solid defensively. They're just Their biggest question offensively will be replacing Mason Shorb just because he's been that guy for the last three years. You just have to find the adjustment. But I have Rouse – at number three, and I have university at number two. <laughs> Let me tell you why. All right. So, 16 starters returning, nine players, nine of their 11 defensive starters are returning. Now, this defense, they gave us some points last year, but they were very young. A lot of freshmen and sophomores on that team. Really good group of linebackers. Very though. good. One of them, Matt, um, Matthew Marquez, he already has an FBS offer. I can't remember from where. But he was, he, he was hurt last year. He missed some games. Whenever he was in there, he was the anchor of that defense. And now – their offense is their biggest question. They're losing Makai Sandolph, who's now walking on at Kansas State, I believe. They lose uh, Jay Sean Mangani, who uh, I believe moved back to Georgia with his family, military family. They, they move around. So they're gone. They're going to have to find an answer at quarterback. But they, the running back they do bring back, the Ladarius Evans. He was a sophomore last year. Got, he got very limited snaps because when you got, got a guy like Makai Sandolph, you just give him the football. But Ladarius Evans coming back. He didn't move up until, I believe, week four of the season from the JV level. And see, he had over 500 yards and still had eight, eight touchdowns on the ground as well. So I think him getting a heavier workload is going to benefit him because he's one of those guys, he's small, and he, but he's very fast. And he has a, he's like a standoff. He has a low center of gravity. He's hard to bring down. So I think him getting more carries will be interesting to see. But... I think they're probably going to take a step back offensively, losing a guy like Jay Sean Mangani. But you got to think as well, they got London Smith, who's a freshman last year. He's a sophomore, a stud. He's already got a couple offers, including Baylor, um, the son of a former um, uh, university player, Rodney Smith, who's now the assistant athletic director at university. Great genes. He's a absolute stud uh, at, over at wide receiver and DB last year had a couple picks at corner as mm -hmm. well really great player defense is going to be the strength for this university team there's no doubt about it and yeah they got a new head coach they're bringing in the uh, Karon Johnson who was the defensive coordinator at Midway last year so he's coming over I think with nine defensive stars returning and then bringing in a defensive minded head coach obviously going to be the strength of this team their biggest question to me is offensive offensively but if they're able to get some going offensively and whoever they put in at quarterback fits right in I think they'll be poised to take that number two spot that's my biggest question though but I think Rouse is going to be right there for that number two spot no doubt about it it's just I have university at number two now. I'm not going to be surprised if Rouse takes it because I'm not sure what university is going to do offensively. But I think university defensively is going to, going to be right up there with everyone else in the district. I think they might have a chance to be the best defense in the district as a whole. We'll just have to see what they do offensively. But I'll keep them at number two. I got Rouse at three, and I have Elgin as four, at four as well. And they're very similar. They return eight of their 11 defensive starters. And their offense, the bulk of their offense is coming back too. QB Nathan Lewis, he was absolute stud last year, 20, over 2,100 total yards and 23 touchdowns. They're going to be in their second year under Coach Heath Clawson. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do here. I mean, 
I, I think they'll be a playoff team, no doubt. But I won't be surprised if they jump either University or Rass for that third or maybe even second playoff spot. They got a lot coming back, so we'll see what they do. But yeah, I mean, I, but still at the end of the day, it's Belton's to lose. Yeah, no and it'll be a fun district. You oh, know, yeah. two through four to see how that all shakes yeah. out. It, it was exciting last year. I don't think it's going to be any different this year. Just keep an sure. eye on them Chaparral Bobcats. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if they sneak in there either. You know, Coach Allen here, he's been doing it for a very long time. So now. Staying in Class 5A, Division 1, District 4. This will be a really fun district, too. How do you have this one shaping out? I got Lake Belton. I do, too. Shoemaker, Midlothian, and I'm going to go Red Oak, I guess. Oh, man. I got Lake Belton, Red Oak, Midlothian, and then Shoemaker. Very. Uh, this might be our most different, different one yet. But Lake Belton... Micah Hudson, need I say more? No, <laughs> or Selman Bridges, golly. There's just studs roaming the field. And we'll hear from Greg Willie later on about mm. these teams. Yep. And just like, imagine having a Micah Hudson and a Selman Bridges matchup every day in practice. <sighs> oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, they're just legit studs. And, yeah, it's Lake Belton. Uh, I don't think Lake Belton really – uh, performed how they thought they were and how we all thought they were and how they wanted to. So maybe a little bit of revenge on, you know, a little uh, little chip on their shoulder, which oh, yeah. which they shouldn't need. You know, I'm sure those kids are ready to rock and roll. I think Coach uh, Copes got them ready. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like Lake Belton, uh, Shoemaker, Midlothian. Man, uh, what a great player Midlothian has in Brian Wesco down there. Yeah, I think that playoff situation for Lake Belton is a lot like uh, Lorena's situation last year. Lorena just had – that really tough first-round matchup with um, Columbus. And then that's the same thing for Lake Bell. And they had that tough first-round matchup against Burleson Centennial, which, again, is another relatively young program. But they've been excellent. They, I think they have double-digit wins in all but two of their seasons since opening up in 2012. A very great program under Kyle Geller. I mean, it's it's they just ran to a buzzsaw in week one. And that's one of those triple option teams that's just almost impossible to defend or prep for because you never know what's coming. But I think – chip on their shoulder I have that in my notes too that's the perfect way to describe it Kenny they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder I think they're definitely gonna they're definitely in the best position to win the district especially when you got Micah Hudson has 35 offers 35 <laughs> think about that 35 FBS schools he's, he's across the country number two recruit in the state last I saw I don't know what the, one of the top recruits in the entire country yeah. I mean he is just unbelievable player or number four Four or two, I forget. Something like that, yeah. It depends on which website you yeah. go to, yeah. But I have Red Oak at number two. Uh, they got 12 stars returning. The only question that they have about this team is in the trenches. On both sides of the ball, they have to replace offensive and defensive lines. But they have all their – all their skill guys coming back. I think that's why they're best poised. They were nine and three last year. They won a playoff game, six and two in district. I think with how much they have run, how much they have coming back. Aside from the trenches, I know the trenches is very, very important. But with all their skill players returning, I think that'll be huge. I think they'll be poised to take that number two playoff spot. But again, this is one of those districts that two through four could really go anyway. Yeah, and don't forget, Lake Belton's going to have to break in a new quarterback. Yep, that's, yeah, that's, he, he's that's gone. a good point. That's a good point. So that'll be interesting. What happens there? A shoemaker, speaking of quarterbacks, Malachi Jerome, two-way guy, yeah. double, a dual-threat guy, pretty good little quarterback. That's kind of what made me want to put them at, at the two spot. Yeah, it's it's just hard to pick two through four in this district. It really is. I mean, it could literally shape up anyway. I do have Shoemaker at four, and I have Midlothian at three. But same with Midlothian, though. Yeah, they made it to the fourth round last year. 
but they have a lot to replace. I mean, they're one of those run-first offenses that can be plug-and-play, and they're well-coached under Doug Wendell. They've, they've, he's been coaching there for a long time, and they're going to take lumps because they're going to be young. But I think they're going to be one of those teams that, because of the system, because of the coach, they're only going to get better week by week. Kind of like we were talking about with Coach Woodard at West earlier. They're just going to plug players in and get better week by week, week by week, and I think they're going to get a playoff spot, no doubt about it. I got them at number three. Shoemaker at four. Like you said, the quarterback they got. Shoemaker might be, aside from Lake Belton, as far as the rest of the district is concerned, they might be the most athletic team in this district. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, going, let's, going back to Red Oak, so you got them at number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, you know, they played two rounds of uh, playoff yeah. games and a, a good team. And, and just looking, I haven't really researched them a whole lot, just reading yeah. about them. Uh, you know, I have no problem with you making them number two. They're, they're returning a bunch of their skill guys. Yep. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, for sure. It'll be a fun district, at least two through four. I think Lake Belton is, like, no doubt, a step above everyone else. But two through four is really going to be interesting. I mean, don't be surprised if if Ellison is fighting for that fourth playoff spot either. You know, they, they could easily sneak in there if they catch somebody on a bad night. You never know. It'll be a fun district. But I think it's one of those things where the top half of the district is really, really solid, and the bottom half is just bottom tier. It, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, but I think it's Lake Belton's district for sure. And uh, speaking of Lake Belton, someone that covers that area, the Temple Belton for the Temple Daily Telegram, Mr. Greg Willie. Kenny had a chance to sit down with him, and here's the interview with Kenny and Greg Willie. Okay, I'm here with Greg Willie from Temple Daily Telegram. He's going to be covering the Temple uh, Wildcats this year. Greg, how you doing, buddy? Kenny, I'm doing great. Good to talk football with you. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks. This is our second uh, season of the podcast. You were part of it last year. We appreciate it. So uh, what's going on down there in your neck of the woods? We kind of rely on you for the Temple, Belton, Killeen area. Uh, how are the Temple Wildcats going to look this year? Kenny, uh It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Temple has – they're definitely having to replace some very good players. Uh, you know, Torian York, the linebacker, who's now at Texas A&M. Mikhail Harrison, pilot, the receiver, who's now at Houston. So, it's uh, those guys were four-year starters. So, definitely big shoes to fill. But Temple thinks, you know, they definitely got a lot of talent. Uh, they're going to play a little bit more of a, a little youth movement this year. You know, starting some sophomores, starting some juniors for the first time. You know, they'll have a new quarterback – and uh, so, you know, I think early in the season, they, they might take some lumps, you know, some growing pains. But I think by the time you get to District 12, 6A, uh, they should have their lineup pretty well sorted out. And they're, they're optimistic about a lot of uh, young guys thrown in there this year. Have they figured out that quarterback situation yet? Because uh, we had talked earlier, uh, the, the uh, starter, he moved off to Belton, I believe, right? That's right. Yeah, Reese Rumfield, you know, started the last two years at Temple, you know, threw for over 4,000 yards and about 44 touchdowns. So he was productive as a thrower. Um, he did decide to transfer uh, back over to Belton for his senior year. It's a little bit of a, a musical chairs with the quarterbacks in the area, with <laughs> Ty Brown transferring up to Midway after last year from Belton. So, uh, but yeah, at Temple, you got a competition between Kate Stewart, who's a junior, and Demarion Willis, who's a senior. You know, both good quarterbacks, good athletes. Um, Stewart is probably has the inside track to be in the starter because Willis, uh, he's very athletic. He could easily be a spot receiver as well and maybe a part-time, you know, running quarterback. So I think both guys will play the position, but Stewart will probably take the majority of the snaps. And he's the son of uh, Temple head coach Scott Stewart. 
Okay. And, and this district, 12-6A, is pretty interesting because Harker Heights is kind of the, you know, they, they went, they were their regional finals last year. Pretty good uh, squad. They got uh, quite a few guys coming back. Like we talked about before we started recording, uh, Temple's really young. And then you have a Coppers Cove team that's got a big-time offensive lineman getting uh, offers from everywhere. They're not expected to do that well. And then you got, uh, like we talked with Bryce earlier uh, before this, uh, Midway, who, you know, I don't know if Coach Anderson's on the hot seat, but they're really expecting, you know, probably need to turn things around here pretty quick. It's a pretty interesting district you got there. Yeah, it really is. You got different programs kind of at different stages of, of development. You know, Harker Heights obviously had the, the great season last year going playing 14 games, but you know, they lost Rashawn Sanford, you know, one of the best running backs that's been around here in probably the last 20 years. Yeah. And uh, they lost a lot of guys off their really good defense too. So, I mean, I still think Heights will be good. They've got a new coach and Mark Umble. Uh, so they'll still be competitive, no doubt. Uh, Temple will be right there. Um, you know, Hutto has an outstanding quarterback who I believe is committed to Texas Tech. They pushed Temple big time last year. Pflugerville Weiss is good. I think Brian will be better. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a very competitive district. Uh, you touched on Coppers Cove. Uh, they do have some good individual talents, the, the, uh, the big offensive tackle. Uh, who I think might be a Georgia commitment if I, if I read that correctly, and also a really good receiver named Glass. But overall, probably not quite ready to be in the top half of the district. So I think I think Temple Heights uh, and, and maybe Hutto in there, and then you mentioned Midway. Um, you know, brand new quarterback Ty Brown transferring up there from Belton. You know, he's a he started two years at Belton. He's a very good thrower of the ball, getting some college interest. Um, they had a great receiver named Thornton, who I think I heard has transferred out to Waco, La Vega. So that's going to hurt Midway's cause a little bit, if that's true. But, um, you know, Midway's never going to be down for too long. They have a lot of talent. It hasn't looked good the last couple of years. They're in a, you know, they were in that really tough district with Duncanville and DeSoto. Um, <laughs> maybe a little easier now to compete. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Anderson is looking for a good bounce back year. and tell you one thing to watch out for is uh, Chad President, the, the former Temple star quarterback, he's now the offensive coordinator at Midway, so coming in from Rockwell, wow, so I think that could definitely help Midway's cause. Man, he was a great player. Enjoyed watching yes, him play. So, okay, we know 12-6-8 Temple's kind of your bread and butter. Let's kind of go down like uh, Lake Belton. You know, they've got uh, Micah Hudson uh, all-world recruit. You go to Lorena, you got Jaden Porter, who's a great recruit. You go over to Franklin, they, uh, that's really not your area. But what do you think about all this influx of talent? And, and we talked about it with Bryce kind of in the Waco area, but, man, they're in, in your area. Golly, there's a lot of top, top-rated top recruits over there. Yeah, there is. I mean, obviously, the Dallas area and the Houston area are going to have your lion's share of, of big-time recruits year in and year out. But I think probably the underrated area, uh, among others, I mean, you got to throw East Texas in there, too, but – I think really this this Temple Belton Colleen, if you want to you know include you know Waco and uh, the kind of this whole Central Texas area, there's some outstanding players. We already mentioned York and Harrison Pilot coming out of Temple last year, and then Micah Hudson, the uh, Lake Belton senior receiver. I mean, he's a five-star recruit. You know, one of the top handful of receivers in the nation, and he basically has had offers from coast to coast for well over a year now. So. He's, he's worth the price of admission. If you get a chance to just go see Lake Belton play once this year, 
think he'll come away very impressed. He's not the biggest guy. He might be six foot 180, but runs like the wind, great body control. So, yeah, he, he might be the best receiver in uh, certainly Central Texas, maybe even in the whole state. So, um, yeah, and then Porter at Lorena, like you mentioned, there's uh, there's no shortage of great players. And, and even someone like a team like Franklin, you know, smaller school, they might not have the blue chip recruits, but you talk about a monster of a program year in and year out. I don't think anybody wants to play those guys. <laughs> yeah, well, and we forgot about Selman Bridges at Lake Belton, too. That guy's hollering yeah, recruiting. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm writing a story about how Temple has these two great uh, linemen, Andre Sauls and uh, Aiden Brown, who go against each other in practice every day, making each other better. Well, same thing at Lake Belton with – Micah Hudson at receiver, Selman Bridges at cornerback, going to Arkansas, and those guys just making each other sharper by, you know, dueling in practice every day. So it's kind of cool when you see those uh, those stories where you have great players on each side of the ball at the same school. Absolutely. And okay, so let's let's drop down uh, to three A level. There's two two uh, programs close to you. One really close to you that have new coaches this year. Lorena and Little River Academy. What's your thoughts on those two? I know uh, they both were. Well, I guess Lorena was technically a, a hire within, but, you know, the, they hired their principal. And uh, I believe Academy promoted their, their DC or OC to yeah, – their offensive coordinator, okay. Mark Mullins. Yeah, yeah, last year was his first year over at Academy. But he's a, definitely a veteran of the coaching profession. I believe, you know, helped coach Deuce Vaughn down at Round Rock Cedar Ridge. So he's been at it a long time. He's, he's a good offensive mind. and. I believe this is his first head coaching job, and he, you know, but he's fairly advanced into his career. So I think he's really embracing the challenge of you know being the guy in charge. And you know, he has uh, the academy lost a lot of really good players off last year's team. You know, Scout Brazil, the great wide receiver, also. But uh, Casey Mraz will be in his third year as the starting quarterback. He's a uh, he's been a very good accurate passer these last couple of years. I think you know he gives academy definitely a chance to make the playoffs again and. And uh, like I said, Lorena, I mean, man, I, I, Ray Biles was the coach there like forever. I, I don't even know if people can remember who was the coach before <laughs> him. Yeah. That goes back to maybe the early 90s, something like that. So um, I'm sure Lorena with, with Porter and some of their other talent, they'll still be a load to handle in, in that district. So, uh, you know, uh, when you promote from within, I think if things are rolling pretty well, you tend to keep winning because there's a formula the kids are comfortable with what's been going on, so I wouldn't expect them to drop off too much. Hey, Greg, man, I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, let's talk sometime, you know, here in a couple of weeks. Hey, Kenny, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on today. And that was Kenny's interview with Greg Willie of the Temple Daily Telegram. Thanks again for Greg to join us. He joined us uh, last year as well on the show a couple times. So thanks to Greg for joining us. And uh, great stuff from him for sure, Kenny. Great interview. Yeah, we really don't have anything else to say. Greg covered it all. Let's just leave. He really did. But, I mean, yeah, let's get into this last district. The District 12 6A, really the only 6A in our, our, quote, neck of the woods, so to speak. But, um I got Harker Heights number one. I, they got to replace Rashawn Sanford. He was a 2,600-yard rusher, 28 touchdowns. But they do return their quarterback, Dylan Plake, and they have a new coach as well and Mark Umble, like uh, Greg mentioned, Denton Ryan assistant. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. This is going to be a very, very tough district to predict from top to bottom, at least in the one through four. It's going to be really tough. But I got Harker Heights at number one. Yeah, I do too. But after listening to Greg talk, I might want to move Temple to number one. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, no, I got Harcraft at number one, Temple at number two. But look, okay. after listening to Greg, I may want to swap them. Uh, I, you know, like he said, Temple's going to be young. I think they're yes. going to be good on defense. They only returned five five star, yeah. five starters from last year. Uh, Harker Heights uh, lost Sanford. They do bring back their quarterback. Uh, I just think they're kind of a 1A, 1B. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Temple ran away with this district. Greg uh, was telling me that there, there's some dudes on a – Temple that uh, they've got offers already, you know, young guys. So they're young. Uh, Scott Stewart always does an incredible job down there with the Wildcats. But, yeah, I've got Harker Heights, then Temple. And, uh, you know, I I think Hutto's probably going to finish fourth. And then probably uh, I'm going to go with Coach Mack and uh, Pflugerville Weiss. At number four. And then my this one through three, it really is a carousel. It could go either way. It just depends on how each one plays when they play each other in district because all three teams are so talented. But I have Hutto at number two. Uh, they got ten stars returning, including that Greg mentioned that Texas Tech commit, uh, Will Hammond, the quarterback. And he returned his top target as well, Alex Green, just south of 1,000 receiving yards last year and nine touchdowns. Uh, he, was, he was a young player. I believe uh, Green was a sophomore last year, so he'll be coming up uh, Another year of varsity coming in. Uh, I think they'll be. I think I think they'll be really explosive offensively. They probably have some questions defensively, especially in the secondary. But I think I think they'll be good at number two. I think they were again they were like the opposite. Uh, they're like how Temple is this year. They were really young last year, and now they're got more experience and more players coming back this year. So I got them at number two, especially with the talent of Will Hammond. On paper, I think they're good enough to take number two. But again, one through three is going to be. It's going to be a carousel for sure. But I do have Temple at number three currently, and that's for the, the sole reason because they only have five players returning. Yeah. They're going to be really young, uh, mostly inexperienced. But and like you but like you mentioned before, this team is coached by Scott Stewart. And if, the, if there's one thing we know about a, a Scott Stewart coach team, they're going to play hard and they're going to get better every single week. And they could easily take second and they could easily take first here. But and their biggest question with all those players they need to replace, who are they going to put and replace to replace Reese Rumfield? Yeah, and, and he talked about it. You know, either yeah. Cade Stewart or mm-hmm. uh, Demarion Willis. It's about it's going to be a battle. Yeah, and he thinks that the Cade Stewart's probably got the upper hand, but th- that's something we need to watch going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And number four, I have Brian. I have Brian. This was a playoff team last year. Uh, they lost in the first round, but they got twelve players returning, and the bi- and they return all their. Uh, skill starters on both sides of the ball, but where the, where they're going to be have their biggest questions is on the offensive and defensive line, especially on the offensive line. I think they have to replace all five starters along the offensive line, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. I think I think you could flip flop either Brian or Weiss for that four spot. Heck, you can maybe even put Midway there. There's three teams I could fight for that that number four spot. But I think I think Greg made a good point when he was talking about how Copper's Cove they have a few. The, what's what's the word he used? Uh, individual talent. They have yeah. a few really good players, but overall, as a team, you know, it's just it's just how they play together as a team is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they've got the all-world uh, offensive lineman Michael Uni. I believe that's how you pronounce it. We'll go with Uni. You know, I, I get he's got several offers, and I think he's committed to Georgia, like Greg said. And uh, one thing that's interesting is Midway. You know, talking to Bryce is what they were really missing last year was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, now they got their quarterback, so I'm really interested to see how they do. I don't have them making the playoffs. I think yeah. uh, Coach Anderson really needs to, to make the playoffs, and that's going to be a, a storyline to watch. 
Yeah, for sure. It, this is just one of those. It's one of those rare districts where literally any team could take any seed. It, it's really, it's really, really going to be fun to keep an eye on this one. But yeah, I mean, this it's going to be really, really interesting. But that's it. That is all 15 districts we're covering in today's week zero of the Central Texas Football Podcast season two, season 2023 season. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited, man. Just. Uh, eight days from now on the Thursday the 24th, but the real kicker is on Friday the 25th when most of the teams will be playing. We're, we're almost there, man. We're yeah, almost there. yeah, and we'll, we'll get this uh, this one out to you, this episode out to you soon, and we should get our next one out the Wednesday before the mm-hmm. season the season starts. And mm-hmm. I'm excited uh, to be back at the uh, Central Texas Football Podcast Worldwide Headquarters in <laughs> Blum, Texas. So uh, I'm ready to do it again. Yes, sir. Me as well. And thank you again for tuning in to episode one of the 2023 season of the Central Texas Football Podcast, where we've predicted all 15 districts that we'll be covering and all the teams we'll be covering throughout the 2023 Texas high school football season. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are the reason we're able to do a second season of the CTFP. So we hope you keep listening. Again, if you have any feedback, any questions, we're, we're, we're completely opening to answering questions in a segment here on the show. If you want to email us at ctfppodcast uh, at gmail.com or if you want to direct message us on any of our social media platforms, we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you want to message us there at any time, feel free and we will answer you and maybe even give you our question and answer on on the show so we really appreciate you guys listening just feel free to reach out if you guys have any questions and we will talk to you guys next week as we will give our week one show our top matchups and uh, top teams to look at as we head into week one of the season next week again thanks again for tuning in for kenny heath i'm ryan box and we'll talk to you next week Trouble! Just fight!